Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire Episode 91. Today is Wednesday, August 10th. It's a glorious day. It's going to be a great show. I can't wait. Uh, man, I guys, I absolutely love this guest. Um, remember the first time we had her on Elijah streams with Steve, I was just like, dude, this lady knows what's up. Like, this is awesome. So she's great. She's just got a great countenance. She's full of joy and excitement for the Lord. And she's just a wealth of knowledge and wisdom too. So I'm really excited you guys for today. Um, she always brings the heat whenever she's on. So she's a speaker. She's an author. She's also the founder of Celebrate Freedom Ministries. Let's give it up for my guest today, Yvonne Atia. Hey, hey, Jeff, thank you. Thank you for an intro. I am so humbled and honored to be oh, with yeah. you. This is going to be awesome. Thank yeah. you for having me. Absolutely. It's always, always good. I just love spending time with you, whether it's on Elijah's dreams, I'm kind of sitting in the background, you know, or if it's on here, like you're just great. So it's always, it's always good. Always good. Thank you, Jeff. I am so. honored and I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. what the Lord's going to do. Uh, yeah. Because I just feel so much healing will be coming to the hearts of many hurting children today, children yeah. of God. So I'm just yeah, thank yeah. You. Okay, so what what are we going to be talking about today? Let's just just jump right into it. Do your thing. You know, Jeff, I went to the presence of God, went to to the heart of the Father, and I was asking God, Lord, what is it that we? What is the word for the now? And I heard the Holy Spirit tell me that it's the father's heart to embrace his children. And when I talk uh, children or sons, I don't mean only males. I mean males and females, but it's just easier to refer to them as sons. But we live in a time right now, Jeff, where we have a great revelation of God the Son. We understand Jesus. We understand salvation. And that's great. We also understand the Holy Spirit. We've gone through a season where there was the Azusa Street Revival. So we know that and we love that. I love the Holy Spirit. But we are in desperate, and I mean desperate need, to understand the character and the nature of our Heavenly Father, the one who loves to embrace us, the one who sees us as we are and not as the world wants us to be. And today, Jeff, we have an identity crisis. We have so many young people, they're in trouble because they long for the embrace that I'm going to be sharing about. They long to be embraced and to be valued. And when they don't know how to connect to God, and I'll share the main reason as to why, they end up going to the big pen. They end up going to drugs. They end up turning to pornography. They end up, and these are all replacements because they just think that it will give me value to, you know, smoke as a, a marijuana or it will give me value to be drunk and, and have a story that, hey, I was drunk and this happened. Right. To but the greatest need for young people right now, and not just young people, the greatest need for the body of Christ is to learn how to be embraced by the Father, how to mm-hmm. literally grab God and just be like embracing Him. And this is how we feel we need to do life as people um, who know their Father, they understand why it is so important to do that. So that's the topic that God laid on my heart to speak about. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's gonna, yeah that's... Let's let's do it. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> so let me tell you something, Jeff. I'm not going to go into statistics because they are pretty horrific. But even USA and even global globally, there are many many people you have you could have grown up in a house where the father figure is not even there is absent, mm-hmm. and so that causes trouble in understanding God the Father. But let me tell you what is the greater problem. The greater problem is growing in a house where there is a father, but that father was never a son. So that father is a victim. And so, for example, Jesus knew how to be a father because he was a son. 
So he knew how to relate to God the Father because he was a son. Right now, you have many, many fathers and they have a performance oriented mentality. What does that mean? It means they value their children for what their children can perform. So, for example, let's say a father loves football and the son loves football. When the son scores a goal, the father will immediately say something like, whoa, that's my son. And we do it so quick and we do it without recognizing what we have just done. Because if the day that this son can no longer perform, then this son will feel I'm not my father's son. I'm not a son because I haven't been able to perform. And so we grow up thinking that what my father wants of me, my earthly father, my biological father, is for me to perform. The more I perform, the more I'm going to be accepted. If I do not perform, I am going to be rejected. And so you get to see so many children, and I'm talking about believers. You've grown up in a Christian home, but the father was never a son. And so as a result, the son is so wounded. And so a wall gets built up between you and your earthly or your biological father because you don't want to be rejected. You feel like you're a failure. You've just failed him. And your understanding of your father is that your father is a provider. As long as he's providing, as long as he's giving me what I want, then everything is going to be sweet. But the moment he doesn't, it is the moment I get to disconnect from that father and many people, they disconnect for good. And so as a result, three things happen. Well, actually more than three things, but we begin to separate ourselves from our earthly father and we turn to drugs, immorality, pornography, but then fear comes in. And I'm going to talk about three or I'm going to name three different types of fear. The first one, fear of trust. You don't want to trust this father anymore because if this father doesn't encourage me, then I just don't want to be hurt. Then there's fear of rejection and abandonment. You don't want to be rejected. So as a result, it's just better to separate yourself. And then there's fear of risking your heart to love again. You don't want to open up. You don't want to try again or please this father again. Because what if this father doesn't see you for who you are and then you get hurt? And so as a result, Jeff, you end up choosing independence and what does that mean you begin to see everyone around you as a threat you are fully independent you don't want to open up to your earthly father you don't want to open up to your church pastor you're just doing life alone and you feel on the inside a sense of abandonment a sense of rejection because your earthly father has not shown or was not able to show unconditional love. He was a survivor himself. So for for that survivor or surviving father, life becomes about, you know, I just want to provide for my family. That I need my embrace. That I need my love. That I even need me to tell them, hey, son, I love you. Or hey, daughter, I love you. Now, the biggest issue begins when you become born again or when you have an encounter with God. Because the way people see God, the Father, is directly connected to the way you see your earthly father. So if you grew up with an abusive father or a father like I'm describing right now, and someone says, hey, God the Father loves you. He is your father. All of a sudden, your brain is connecting the dots thinking whoa if he is anything like the father i grew up with i don't want to know this father and so your relationship with god becomes more centered on god the son in other words i'm just grateful that i'm going to heaven because jesus died for my sins he gave me of my sins and I have an insurance policy to skip hell, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what it becomes about. But you do not live in the fullness of that relationship. You do not 
um, live with the sense of my father is on my side. He is everything to me. He loves me whether I perform or whether I don't perform. He loves me because there's actually no reason. The moment we put a reason, then we become conditional in our love. God the Father loves me just because. He, he just loves me. Whether I pray or I do not pray. And I love prayer. So I'm not talking that we shouldn't pray. But I'm saying that we cannot base that relationship on performance. And so I tell you what, Jeff, Jesus begins. I mean, I'm going to share a small story that happened to me, which helped me understand that. And then I'm going to talk about how Jesus helped us to understand this love. Mm. But when I was six years old, I grew up with a father who is a beautiful father, but he was performance oriented. I can't lie. Like whenever I did something good, you would be like, that's my girl. You know, whenever I brought in my report card from school, you'd be like, that's so good. I'm proud of you. But if I failed the subject, he wouldn't be speaking to me for like a day because he's really upset that I had failed the subject. And so I always needed to perform because I was hungry for the words of affirmation that he was giving me. Psychology tells us right now it takes 40 words of praise to counteract one word of criticism in a child's mind. That's how many times we need the affirmation. Mm. So I would perform because I wanted to hear good girl. I wanted to hear I'm so proud of right. you. I heard those words. They just brought a sense of security in my heart, a sense of peace that my father was pleased with me. And so when I was young, my father would come in every day. We had a balcony and we were living on the third level. Um, and he would say to me, don't ever go out on the balcony because I don't want you to fall and die. Because he had a friend who fell and his daughter fell and died. So my father was operating out of great fear. And he would come in and say, my friend at work, his daughter, she went out on the balcony. This happened. Don't do that. And I'll be like, okay, dad, I won't do that. And that instruction came to me on a daily basis. Every single wow. day before going to work, he would come and tell me, I'm trusting you. Do not go out on the balcony. And I'm like, dad, you've got my word. I'm Please not stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go out on the balcony. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then one day, Jeff, I became very curious. Why can't they go out in the balcony? I mean, why can't I grab a chair and why couldn't I just look over? I'm sure it's going to be amazing. So I did do that and I fell. I fell. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so this is a miracle in the making. All right. Yeah. Because <laughs> I should have been dead a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. So anyway, I fall on my back and, um, I fracture my spine. I have swelling in the brain. Um, doctors were telling my parents that she was going to die. There was no way she would make it to the next morning. It was a horrific accident. But on the way to hospital, the ambulance came and I'm on a stretcher and I'm not allowed to move because of my spine. My father sitting next to me, holding my hand up, and that gave me a glimpse of the father's love and helped me to connect to God the Father like never before. He mm. bent down and he grabbed my hand. He started kissing me. And my hands were covered with his tears. And I heard him say, my dream in life was for you to grow up. My dream in life was to see you walk down the aisle. Mm. My dream in life was to see your children. And he would look at me and tell me, forgive me if I've done anything wrong. Forgive me, because he knew there would have been moments and I could have lost conscience and could have died. So in that moment, Jeff, later on, when I received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, God the Father reminded me of that moment. He said, you see, your performance was horrible. You completely displeased your father. He was, he could have been so angry. He could have said to you, you deserve what you just got because you completely rebelled against my commandments. 
but he wasn't. He could not think of anything in life that, but only one thing. I just want my daughter to live. I, I don't want anything else. He wasn't thinking of condemnation. He wasn't thinking that I had failed. So when I grew up and I understand God the Father, it was so easy for me to run and to be embraced by him. And life between me and God the Father, it doesn't take long for me to get that embrace. It doesn't, it's not a struggle. Even when I pray, even when I struggle with anything in life, there isn't a hindrance of, is he mad? Is he angry? Have I failed him? Have I? No, it's a sense of, hey, I'm just going to run to him. And even in his, in his embrace, just going to say as it is, you know, I, I, that's what I did. I'm going to receive his forgiveness, receive his divine kisses. And I'm just going to go and do life again because I've been forgiven. And so this was my experience. And I am so thankful for that glimpse of a moment in the ambulance when I heard those words of affirmation. So I want to be able to help so many people connect with God the Father like never before, mm -hmm. because that's what Jesus did. Everything oh. Jesus did was to reveal the Father. Yeah. So Holy Spirit took me into the teaching of Luke 15, which I'll share that in a second, that this story of the prodigal son is not the way the church understood it for centuries. Mm, okay. It's not a parable about being born again. It's not a parable about the sinner who came to his senses. This is a parable about a, a father who is extravagant in his love. He is reckless in his love. He is amazing in his love. And he is the one who would run after this rebellious son and restores this son to sonship. Mm. Yeah. So why don't we get into the parable? Because I really want, unless you have a question for me. No, Jeff. I'm just going to say, I just really, I, I, man, I just feel like there's going to be some people who are going to get delivered of some just some pain that they've been holding on to for a long time and being reconciled to the father um, because this has been a topic that i've seen pop up a lot about fatherhood and sonship and what that means and so this is very this is huge so uh, man if anybody's already getting already getting blessed by this go ahead and drop a fire emoji in the comments because like man this is I'm I'm feeling this like this is this is really good. So keep going. Amen. Well, let's go and have a look at the words of Jesus in Luke 15 and verses 11. The parable begins by a certain man had two sons. The moment you hear two sons, you get to understand that both were members of the family. They were already members. So this is not religion made this about beginning a new relationship with the father. This is not, this is about a homecoming. This is about the restoration of a relationship which had already existed. So as soon as you say two sons, both were already sons. And then the Bible says the younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now I want someone to get a hold of that revelation, which I'm about to share. In Middle Eastern culture, to go to your father and say, I want an inheritance while the father is still alive, you are saying, I wish you were dead. So this would bring dishonor to the father, dishonor to the community, dishonor to the whole village because okay. they all lived in villages. And so the result of what this father needed to do was to either kill him by stoning in the city or give him 40 lashes because he announced the father dead. And the father could have said to him, you're getting nothing. But the fact that the father gave him the inheritance and continued to let him live with the father, it means, this is huge, Jeff, that the father had forgiven him before he ever left him. 
Wow. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. And that's just amazing. Because I am speaking to many sons and daughters today, and you could have disappointed God. And right now you're hearing this or someone will send you this later on. And you're like in the midst of sin and you're thinking there is no way. Can I tell you the good news of the gospel? You have already been forgiven because the father gave him the inheritance. If that forgiveness wasn't in place, the father was in no way going to give him this inheritance. The issue was never the father. The issue was the son. Mm -hmm. The son had an unhealed heart. Mm -hmm. So the son only valued the father for what the father can give. In other words, material things. We come to God and we're like, heal me, bless me, give me a car, give me this, give me that. And when these things don't happen, all of a sudden, we don't value the father for the relationship that we have. We only value the father because of what he can give us. That is a result and an indication of hurt with our biological father. Mm. If that is how you're seeing God the father now, we're going to go to the root at the end of this because there's a reason why you are speaking or treating God the father the way that 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 I'm just describing. He goes on to say, not long after, okay, the, the, the younger son got together everything and set off to a distant country. And there he wasted his wealth in wild living. When we do not value God the Father for who he is, even if he blesses us, even if we get healed, we will still leave the father's house. Notice something. You will always be the father's son. But there was a point in time where this son was no longer under the father's protection. And you get to see this, Jeff. Many people will go to a healing service mm-hmm. and uh, they'll ask for healing and they'll get healed. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking, wow, God just touched their life. God's got a hold of them. Not it changed forever. Yeah. No. And I'm telling you, this is the root cause that we're talking about. Because if the heart is healed, all those healing miracles that we've had in, in the charismatic movement or the Pentecost or any movement, they would have caused them a massive revival. Why are we not seeing that revival right now as we would like to see it? Because the healing of the heart has not happened. This is Mm. not about miracles. This is not about healing. Because when my heart is not healed, my relationship with God is about give me, give me, give me. And the more you give me, the more I want. This young son received an inheritance when it wasn't even his at the time. So why would he leave the house? Because it doesn't matter what you get. His heart was not positioned right to receive the Father's embrace. And so this is not a message of condemnation. This is the message of testing and examining our heart because loving the Father and receiving His love is the greatest miracle anyone can experience. Mm. I love healing and deliverance, but Mm. the greatest miracle that happened in my heart is that I am my Father's daughter. Mm. And that puts a smile on my face that gives me strength, that gives me identity, because the, the one who created this whole universe, I can call him that. I can mm. call him father. And that gives me the greatest honor in the way that we do life. Yeah. And then it says, after long, no, no, it says, after he spent everything, famine came in, and the Bible says, he began to be in need. If you're hearing this right now, you might feel that you are in a distant land, you've gone to pornography, you've gone to immorality, but you are in need because nothing, let me tell you, you are created by the Father in love for love. So there's a place in your heart only Father's love can fill. And so you get to see that this young boy, he started to be in need. 
because what he needed the most was to be in his father's embrace. And it says, so he went and hired himself to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. Do we know how horrible this is? This is complete abomination. Why? This is a Jewish boy. Right. <laughs> In the Jewish culture, you do not eat pigs. You do not touch pigs. Shepherds were classified as an unclean profession because at times a shepherd may come in touch with a pig. May. And so for you to be working with pigs, this is absolutely, he basically right now has hit rock bottom. And I feel the Holy Spirit because mm -hmm. some of you, you're thinking, Yvonne, you're speaking to me right now because I have hit rock bottom. I am, I am taking drugs. I'm dealing drugs. You don't understand. I'm getting drunk every night. I'm ruining my life. You let me tell you, this message is for you. So continue to tune in. Mm -hmm. And it says later on, this is crazy. He was hoping that the pigs would even give him some of their food and no one gave anything to him. And so he's in a place of shame. He's in a place of self-condemnation. He's like, what have I done? Why would I position myself in this place? And so later on, he comes to his senses. And this is where, Jeff, a lot of people teach this wrong. Because they're like, he's repenting here. The truth is, he's not repenting in any way. And you'll be like, what? Let me tell you. He basically wants a job, guys. He did not acknowledge the father. He's basically putting right. speech so that he can get a job i mean mm -hmm. he's not gonna go to his father telling him i need a job he's gonna put a sweet speech before so he asks for three things he says three things he said when he came to his senses he said how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare and here i am starving to death where's the repentance here what's he looking for food he's like in my father's house, there's so much food and the pigs wouldn't even give me anything. He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to the father's house, which is great. And I'm going to tell him, father, I sinned against heaven and against you. Number one, that is the first thing he's going to say. The second thing he's going to say is that I no longer am worthy to be your son. And the third one, would you make me? to be a hired servant. So that's his plan, Jeff. He goes back home and he's about to encounter love that's gonna wreck him, that's mm. gonna shock him. Because the Bible tells us that when he was in a far distance, the father saw him. So who saw him? The father was the one who had his eyes on him right now wherever you are i want to tell you something that the father sees you you're not hearing this message just because you're hearing this message because the father himself is seeing you and calling you and then it says filled with compassion he ran to his son threw his arms around him and kissed him now you know jeff in the western world what's the big deal in Middle Eastern culture, this is horrific because Middle Eastern men do not run. And the reason for that is in those days, they wore long garments. So for any Middle Eastern men to run, the first thing they need to do is roll up their garment. When they roll up their garment, they shame themselves because it was considered that a man that showed his legs up to the knee and above is full that is shame well wow. this father chose to shame himself so that he can cover his son and the bible says that the father was the one who threw his arms so you can imagine the, the son's just like standing there but mm -hmm. the, the father was the one 
who threw himself at him and he continued to kiss him. This son is in so much shock. He doesn't know what to do. So he begins to rehearse the three points. He's not going to be able to say them all. He says to him, Father, the first one, I've sinned against heaven and against you. Number two, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But guess what, Jeff? He does not say the third one. He had planned to say, could you make me one of your hired servants? He doesn't get to say it. He, he mm. cannot say it. Because the love he encountered was so radical. It was so powerful. It was so strong that he knew that he knew that he knew that he's a son and not a servant. He could, poss he could not possibly be a hired servant. The father was never going to show this immense amount of love to a servant. So the way he was embraced made him positive that he was a son. And then the father begins to say, quick, I want you to bring the best rope in the house. In those days, Middle Eastern fathers in big occasions and in big royal banquets, they wore this big rope that was embroidered in gold. It was embroidered in jewelry. This wasn't any rope. So it's out of this world to bring this type of rope and put it on this type of son. And you can see how much the older son was angry. He said to him, when the son of yours, in other words, he said to him, your son is so dirty, so low, so full of shame that I'm not even going to call him by his first name. But you get to see the father. So this is a parable because of the father, not, a, not because of the son. And then he said, put a ring on his finger. In those days, there was no pins. So every family, the father would have a ring to sign the contracts with. It was called the signet ring. So that ring had like a stamp. And what the father would do is when the father purchased a property or purchased a piece of land, he would grab a hold of this ring and he would literally just stamp it. Well, the father, Jeff, puts that ring on this young man's hand or finger. And then he says, I want you to kill the fattened calf. This is the calf. We, there was no fridges. So meat was always kept alive. So Super fresh. Super fresh. That's yeah. how it happened. Yeah. So the father would, so they would have the fattened calf. They will fatten the calf all year long until a big occasion, like a wedding banquet or something. Then they would kill this for the best celebration of the family. And this father is so rejoicing. He's, he's out of his mind, Jeff. He's out of his He's out of himself. He, he, he does not know what to do to honor this rebellious son. And so he says to them, and I want everyone to feast. Let's all celebrate. He said, because this son of mine was dead and now he's alive. This son of mine was lost and now he is found. And you get to see, I'm not even going to go into the older son. He's another big problem who refused to go into the banquet. And the father went out to tell him, you need to come in because we're celebrating your, your, your um, brother. We don't know if he did come in or not. We're not told. But we do know one thing, that this father went out for the younger son. And this father went out for the older son. And this father did what no earthly or biological father in the same mind will do. And that helps me to differentiate between my biological father or whatever hurt or abuse that I have gone through and to help me lift up my eyes to a father who is radically in love with me 
not because of anything I have done. Titus 3, 5, it says he loved us and saved us, not because of anything we have done, but because of his grace, he chose to do that. So we need to come to the table. We need to be like, I am coming back home. This is a parable about a homecoming. And for us not to be afraid, because so many people, Jeff, they're afraid to open up their heart and be hurt again. This is an invitation for you to be like, I am coming and in my father's embrace, I shame will fall off. Condemnation will fall off. Accusation, setbacks, because my heavenly father looks nothing like any earthly father my earthly father was a wonderful man but still i cannot compare him to my heavenly father so i am this is my heart jeff i tried to explain this story in a middle eastern perspective because in a western culture it loses a lot of its radical oh, it does. you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. in the bible Everything is done in communities. Like, you know, when the lady lost one coin, she found that the whole community celebrated. When uh, one sheep was found, the whole community celebrated. So this is a shame on our culture. In other words, when someone causes shame, he doesn't cause the shame to one family. He causes shame to the entire community. So the first one in the community to kill the son is the first one who had honored the father. So wow. this day as he was coming, the whole village is waiting, Jeff. The whole village, everyone is picking up the biggest stone. And the first one to kill the son will be the first one who loves the father. And then you get to see this father who shames himself. Wow. And was himself. And I tell you something, why is he throwing himself? He wants to make sure that if someone throws a stone, it would hit the father first. Mm. It would not get wow. to come. And so there is so much love. There is so much embrace. And the only place is that if I feel I'm in that peak pen, I'm in this place, or even I'm a believer and I don't do any of this stuff, but I am struggling to see God as a father. I'm struggling to receive his love wherever you are on the scale i want you to focus on this story and run into this father's embrace and let him be father mm. wow i've never i've had people provide a little bit of context for the the prodigal son story but never quite quite like that breaking it down um <laughs> It just means so much more. Um, and I know there's a lot of other people um, that are feeling that same thing. Um, my question, and it, maybe it's not so much a question, but more like a comment or something um, to, to discuss is um, obviously, you know, you shared a story about your father who was ultimately a good father, even though, yeah, he did have some fear and he did have some flesh things that got in the way of, um, of uh, him being, you know, completely who he was meant to be. Um, but then you had that moment where you got to see his heart. You got to see his true heart. And there are people who haven't gotten to see that. And maybe their fathers have passed on and they weren't good men and they were horrible men um, and did horrible things or were alcoholics, um, abusers, um, and um, I know you kind of touched on this a little bit, but what would be some good ways for those people to kind of posture themselves before the Lord? Because even for them, it's like, ultimately, it's going to have to be God grabbing a hold of their hearts and providing revelation, right? Yeah. Um, but what would be some, some, I mean, I know it's kind of a loaded, loaded kind of, kind of question, but what, what? What would be some things to, to get those people to kind of posture themselves before the Lord differently? You know, Jeff, I think the first thing is to realize that most of the time, the, this father or these fathers were a result of yep. 
they were victims. And I yeah. think when we understand that, I feel we will be filled for compassion for them. So they were victims and the cycle goes on. And there's a lot of bloodline attachments. And um, I think it was, you know, um, I'm just trying to remember a couple of examples of generational curses in the Bible. Like, for example, the people who have um, stood there at the cross and they said that his blood be upon us and upon our children. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. So without them realizing, those children were born into this same curse. And so there's a lot of different examples of that. So for example, that father could have been the result of their father and their great father, and they may have never had the revelation of understanding who God the Father is, and that, and maybe they never understood that they were able to be set free, that they were able to receive the Father's love and to break away with everything that they've attached themselves to previous generation. So they were just a victim of that. So we need to understand that if my father was a victim of their father and their great-grandfather, so what we need to do, and this is going to sound really hard, we need to forgive them. Mm. Can I tell you why many people struggle to forgive? Because they think that if they forgive their earthly fathers, that those fathers would get away with the hurt. Now, this is the biggest lie. They will never, that, that, that's not how it works. The way it works is when you forgive, you give the hurt to God and you allow God to begin a healing work in your heart. When we do not forgive, we are drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. And then we live a cycle called nurse, curse, and curse. What does that mean? I bring the hurt so close to my heart, and then I begin to nurse it, like a mother nursing a baby. I carry it to my heart, and it just stays there. I don't want to give it to God. I really want to keep a hold of it. And then I begin to rehearse it. So every time I see someone, I'll be like, oh, you don't understand what my father did to me. He belted me. He abused me. He molested me. And I repeat, then I begin to curse. I really hate my father. I really hate my mother. Or I really, so then we begin to curse them. And then the hurt gets bigger and takes a hold of us. And we begin the cycle. I feel, Jeff, God is going to be setting many people free. Mm -hmm. Because what you need to do, this is what unforgiveness is. It's almost like having someone, you know, when if a snake bites someone they do not die from the bite they die from the poison mm -hmm. it's not a bite anyone can bite anyone they're not gonna die yeah the poison which the snake injects in their blood that freezes the blood and the blood and they die so so many of us jeff our blood has been poisoned because of hurt so we need to come to the lord and we need to tell God the Father how we're feeling when we were sexually abused, how we were. I mean, I was reading some statistics and it's horrific. One in eight people, children, are sexually molested by their biological father. This is like, this is unthinkable. Oh, I was reading the story of a young girl. And she went up to her mom as her mom was doing her hair. Mom, where are you going? And she said to her, oh, I'm going out to have dinner with my friends and they're all girls. And, and the, the girl froze. And later on, the girl tells her story. She goes, I knew that I'm going to be facing another horrific night with my father. And for those victims, they, th those fathers make them believe it was your fault. You led me to do this. Mm -hmm. Or I really like you, so let's keep this between me and you. And it's only when these young people grow up 
that they then begin to realize, oh my God, I think I was sexually abused by my father. So I am, so this is like a topic that's gonna hit hard to many people. Absolutely. Why? Because it's gonna remind them of pain. And the other thing as well, Jeff, is that we need to make a huge differentiation between our earthly fathers, no matter how good or bad they are, and our heavenly father who loves us unconditionally. He doesn't love us just because. There is no reason for God so loved the world. It doesn't say because the world was so good. In actual fact, it says while you are still sinners, Christ died for you. While you are still in your sin, while you are still in your shame, while you were taking cocaine, while you were taking drugs, God is looking at you and thinking, son, I love you. And there is nothing you could do to make me love you more than I do. I love you, period. This is not a language, Jeff, that is used in the world because most of the world is based on conditions. I love you if you do this. You come to my house for dinner once, well, I have you, like, what you, I come to you once, you come to me once. That's how our now brains are even psychologically, that is how we begin to think. Even if someone gives you a good deal, the first question your mind will ask, what's in it for them? What's in it? Or even when you think, what's in it for me? Why? Because that is how, and we get to learn, if a deal is too good to be true, then the probability is it's not true. So we've been so hurt, our minds, have been so destroyed by other people's hurt, uh, not even immediate family, but even others in the world. And so we cannot see God the Father for who he is. We cannot relate to him. We cannot have this trust. And so we don't trust God. The, the, the truth is our trust is limited, but trust becomes really difficult when trusting God is all you have. So people go through a problem and then they'll pray about it, but then they'll tell a hundred other people to pray for them and do other stuff to try and help out. But when you hit a place where unless God comes through, this is not going to happen, then you get to understand how much you trust God. And your trust for God is proportionate to your healed heart. Because when your heart is healed, you trust God. When it's not, then there's a part of you, and I'm so sad to say this, Jeff. You know, in Eastern um, religions, in Chinese religions, there's something called the yin and the yang, mm -hmm. which is it's like a ball, and it's got it's all white, but it's got a dot of black, and then on the other side, it's all black. But it's got, mm -hmm. you know how sad many believers view God this way. In other words, God is all white, but is just that black dot in God that I just don't seem to understand. Mm -hmm. And we need to repent from that. Another yeah. thing we need to repent from is that as believers, we don't believe in evolution. We believe in creation. But you know what's really sad, Jeff? That many believers, without them realizing, they believe in evolution. Why? Because mm -hmm. they believe the more I do for God, the more I'm going to evolve into this new believer that's just going to be a bit accepted. Or, you know, if I fast more, if I perform more, I'm going to evolve. No, 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 no. You are already one with him. You have been justified. You have been sanctified. You have been united. You have been perfected. And it has nothing to do with anything you could do. It has everything to do with the finished work of the cross, with what he has done. So what is my job? To let go of those hurts, to forgive, and to open up my heart, and to receive the love of the Father, to embrace that love, and let that love mm -hmm. transform me. You get to see when two people are just in love. You just get to see the spark in their eyes. You just get to see they're excited about each other, they're texting each other like 24 7 you're just like i mean we understand love but this is another level of love right because <laughs> it's new and that's yeah. what god wants to do he wants to regenerate he wants to establish he wants to restore the love 
You know, Jeff, the enemy has succeeded in one thing, confusing the believers as to what God looks like. We're confused. Is God a healer? Or maybe he's disciplining me with this. You know, if I fast more, if I do a 40-day fast, maybe God will, you know, twisting God's arm. And I'm not against fasting. I love it. But it's not anything that I do. Right. It's not transactional. That's it. Yeah. You got it. It's not transactional. And wherever you are, you know, whether you're in drugs, whether wherever you are, this is an invitation. And the Father, hear this as if you're not hearing me and Jeff, but just hear this as the Father is giving you an invite to say, son, would you come back home? Daughter, would you say Mm -hmm. yes? And I will take you just like this father went out for the son. I will go out to where you are right now. If you're being sexually trafficked, if you're being trafficked, whatever you, wherever you are, he will be like, I'll come out. I'll shame Mm -hmm. myself. I'll bring you back. I'll restore you to your original intention, to the design I have created you to be. All you have to do is like, I'm believing you, God. This teaching is for me. And I'm going, I'm grabbing hold of this and I'm running with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I definitely, I definitely feel like, I, I really feel like you should walk people through forgiving their, their fathers. Um, their earthly fathers, because I think whatever else, whatever else God wants to do through this episode, for some people that needs to happen first. Yes, I um, and that God is so sorry that that happened to you. That He didn't cause yes. that. Um, He's just He's so sorry that 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 abuse happened to you, that mistreatment happened to you. That that's that's not what He wanted. To happen. That's not what he wanted your earthly father to do and be in your life. So you just know that. Um, yes. yes. Yeah. And I just want to clarify something very important, Jeff. When you have forgiven, please do not feel that you've got to run to the perpetrator again. Right. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. Because I feel by the Holy Spirit that some of you, you're like, I really want to do this. But there is no way, you know, you like if you've been sexually abused and you just, it, this is not what we're saying. What we're saying is you're letting go of the hurt. You're letting go of the blockage that is helping you, that is stopping you from receiving the Father's love. And so it doesn't mean you're going to go back. It just means that, God, I'm just giving this to you. Yeah. And so I, I, let's do that. Let's pray. Mm. Let's yeah. Pray. Yeah. Absolutely. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wherever you are, just lift up your hands to heaven as a sign of surrender. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for your strong presence. Thank you for touching hearts. Thank you for warming hearts. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would visit individual homes that you would touch them right now and you will begin a deep work in their heart as they are doing this. Holy Spirit, I give you honor. You are our helper. You help us to do what we cannot do. So I ask for your help right now to visit homes right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Wherever you are, I want you to begin and say, Father, I come before you. And Lord, I repent of my sins. Wherever you are right now, no matter what you're doing, I want you to say, Father, I repent of my sins. I repent of not receiving your love. I repent. Whatever you are in the midst of now, begin to confess this unto the Lord. Begin to tell him, Father, I am sorry for watching pornography. I am sorry for taking drugs into my body. And then I want you to come and say, Father, I forgive. And I want you to say this with all the strength that is in your heart. I forgive my father and begin to even mention his name and say, I forgive my father for. And I want you to tell the Lord that I understand that this is hard. I know. So I want you to say, I forgive my father for sexually abusing me or 
for belting me or for hitting me or for even swearing at me right now i want you to say i forgive my father and just take a few seconds because holy spirit right now is helping you so every bad image the enemy created in your mind i want you to give it to god i want you to say i forgive my father for i see someone and your father was like running down the stairs to hit you and you were like and i saw that you were even tripping and you hurt your knee and you hurt your leg god is healing you right now but god is healing your heart also i say that because you needed to hear that father i thank you lord for all these people that are forgiving the earthly father right now i want you to renounce condemnation i want you to renounce i want you to say father in the name of jesus i renounce condemnation i renounce shame i renounce failure in the name of jesus i want you to say i break the power of every negative word spoken against me i want you to say father i thank you because you love me not because i do anything but because i am your child i am your child whatever negative images that are coming to your mind i want you to tell them to god this is how i feel lord and i just want you to right now get ready get ready for this divine embrace father in the name of jesus i come in the realm of the spirit and father i release right now an impartation in the name of jesus i release the father's love i bring down every stronghold in the name of jesus in their mind that's stopping them from seeing your embrace i pull down every wall that the enemy has built we kick it down in the realm of the spirit and we release forgiveness father we release forgiveness father in the name of jesus I want you just to receive that and right now i'm gonna pray for an opening father in the name of jesus i ask that you would open their spiritual eyes and ears to see you right now you're gonna be able to see god the father whatever image you are seeing right now i want you to run run in the spirit release your spirit to run and just begin to sense that embrace just like the father went out for the son this father is going out for you right now wherever you are kathy the lord sees you in your bed crying i saw that right now priscilla the lord sees you right now on your knees and you are weeping joseph the lord sees you mark the lord sees you and i just thank you holy spirit as they are right now receiving the father's love right now i just want you to take a couple of moments embrace the father so many of you you've never done this before and there's so much love that father is releasing i want you to open up your heart and let that love come on the inside of you god is doing a deep work in your heart and in your mind and as you are in that embrace, I am telling you, healing is coming into your body. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over sickness and disease. Father, as you are embracing them, I know that you are healing bodies right now. You are healing bodies right now. Cancer is disappearing in the name of Jesus. Pain is leaving people's bodies in the name of Jesus whatever condition you have know for sure that god is touching you right now lord i just thank you i thank you for this homecoming i thank you because i see the father embracing many and saying son welcome home daughter welcome home this is a homecoming father i thank you for that embrace lord and in that place father in that position i place them into your arms in the name of jesus amen and amen and amen 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 oh man i can't wait to hear testimonies about this that's huge 
Like that was huge for some people. Oh my goodness. Mm. I can't wait. It's yeah. really awesome. Yes. Love to hear those testimonials. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So if people want to write you for like to give you testimonies, what would be the best way? Our website, jeffcelebratefreedomministries.org. Okay. They can always send the testimonials um, to, to that uh, website. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Oh man, I felt that. That was, that was huge. I just feel like so many like healing hearts, like because I think that's the thing with like for, like forgiveness, um, is in, in there can be this kind of revenge type of thing. If I hold this against them, then that's what I have against them. But um, just like with any kind of vengeful um, attitude, you're the one that's held prisoner. Um, and I think that that's, I, I think I'm glad that you brought that up when you say, when you forgive somebody, you're not, you're not saying, Oh, it's a, I'm going to have, now I'm going to have them over and we're going to be buddies again and all that stuff. No, but it means that you, you're, you're, you're stepping out of the cage as it were, yeah. um, you know, the cage that you held yourself prisoner in like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. Yeah. Um, and, it's and walking know, away. Yeah, and this could honestly, this session can can save someone's life from a prison sentence. Mm -hmm. This is huge. This is not little because, yeah. as you said, revenge. So many young children, they'll be like, "I want to grow up and I want to play, learn martial arts because I was abused when I was young and I could not defend myself." But yeah. I'm gonna get to a place where I'm gonna take revenge for myself, you know. So what God is doing right now, God is setting someone free from, from revenge, from anger. And all of a sudden, the joy of God, your countenance will change. So I just, I love this topic, Jeff. Mm, it's great. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Amen. Okay. So um, you have a couple of uh, things you wanted to promote. Yes. Um, so let's talk about those. Amen. So we've got the inner healing course talking about inner healing today. <laughs> so the inner healing course, guys. Uh, so this is an online eight weeks program. This is part of my husband's doctoral studies. So it's a studied course. It's a well-researched course. And uh, you get to be working with a mentor for eight weeks. But sometimes talking about forgiveness in one session, it's hard. But to go through eight weeks learning about trauma, getting rid of pain, forgiving, breaking curses, it's so easy to do with a mentor. So we have a wonderful mentor. And for the month of September, we are giving away always for the Elijah Streams 25% of the course. So the code oh, yeah. is S25. So you go to the website, Celebrate Freedom Ministries, and under courses, you register for this course for 25%. The same as the physical healing course, so this is about learning the biblical basis of physical healing and exposing lies. God wants to equip the body. So if you desire to heal the sick as Jesus commanded us, this is going to help you a lot. Again, same website and the code is S25. This is fully online and it's S26 as the code. Last but not least is my book, Revealing the yeah. The journey and what I shared with you, Jeff, when I fell from a three-story building. <laughs> this is all this is how this started. Um, so this is my journey, and I get to train the body of Christ in the biblical understanding of God as our healer. That's so amazing. If you need healing in your body, please grab a hold of the book and same discount S26 still up S25. S25, yes. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> Did I say F? <laughs> no, you said S26. S25, sorry. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Thank you. Thank yeah, so everybody check those out. There's links in the description to each of these things as well. If you want to, to sign up for those courses, um, use promo code S25. You get 25% off. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And then obviously her book too. For those of you who don't have it yet, Follow the, click the link and hit that S25 promo code. You get 25% off. It's a great deal. Thank you. Super great deal. So, and then obviously what, uh, what's the best way to follow you on social media? 
Sure. So I've got a YouTube channel, Yvonne Atiyah's YouTube channel. You can um, follow us there or you can sign up to our mailing list, celebratefreedomministries.org. So these are, and you can follow us on Facebook as well. So these are the two main platforms and the website as well. Awesome. Yvonne, thank you so much. Uh, You're such a blessing. And um, man, every single time I'm just like, like, (laughs) it just hits hard. So (laughs) I love it. Love it. So, yeah. Blessed. I am. I am blessed, and I. I am so honored. You guys are the best, and I'm just thankful for this ministry and the way that Elijah Fire and Elijah Streams are changing lives. I am yeah. so thankful. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Absolutely. So get those testimonies, everybody. Put them in the comments, but also send them to Yvonne herself. Um, it's. I mean, I know from personal experience, uh, getting getting testimonies of stuff um, means a lot. It means yes. a lot. Yes. So um, we're going to do it regardless, but it means a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. So everybody have a blessed, blessed day. Join us on Friday where we have part four of four of our Kitchen Table Kingdom series with Harmony Klingenmeyer. My sister Jen is hosting that. It's been absolutely fiery. It's all about parenting. Um, and so it's just so needed. And it's great if you're a grandparent. It's great if you're, you don't have kids and, you know, you're mentoring people. Um, or you are right in the trench, deep in the trenches of raising children right now. It's just an amazing series. So check it out on Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We'll see you then. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.